Coming up on today's post All Star Game, locked on Bucks. Uh, I think we saw a very, very good sign. Camille and I will get into that specifically. What we saw from Damian Lillard for the entire weekend. Our thoughts on uh, All Star Weekend, the game itself, the event on uh, Saturday night, even somewhat Friday night as well. But there's been a lot of chatter surrounding that, not just this year, but it did seem to come to a head this year and uh, some breaking news as we take a look ahead to the rest of the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure how much it will impact the Bucks, but some late coaching breaking news that is uh, coming in this morning. We will get into all of that and hear from you as well on the latest Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia, joined by Camille Davis. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network and 620 WTMJ as well. You can hear Camille on the Technical Fall podcast and uh, during football season on the Carry the G and MKE podcast as well. We both thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Viewable on YouTube as well as some of you are joining us there a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Camille, we'll start with the good news here, we think, good news for the Bucks, And that was, uh, look, you and Frank had the unfortunate task of uh, going over that game in Memphis to the Grizzlies. I've seen a few people suggest to um, worst loss of the season for any team when you consider the players that were out, but I believe it was two 10-day or one 10-day deal that was starting for the Grizzlies in that game as well. All things considered, you were without Chris Middleton. Not great optics. Um, that came on the heels of a very, very bad loss as well to the Miami Heat. And I don't want to get into rehashing all of it because we're certainly not trying to excuse it and say, hey, don't worry, it's nothing major. Um, but I will say, you know, I, I do think this team – maybe more than any other team in the league at this point, needed the all-star break right at this moment. They get it, and now you kind of shift your attention to Friday in Minnesota and say, okay, we just got to see a different version than we did certainly in these last two games. And what has you feeling somewhat good is what we saw Saturday and Sunday from Damian Lillard, the struggles that he had been going through leading into that game. And I think that's the other interesting part of let you talk about a bit if you have any thoughts in it but you know we talk about wow, Damian Lillard is really struggling I know the shooting numbers in terms of his efficiency haven't been great but we're still talking about a very very good offensive player it's that he hasn't been elite offensively and that was the expectation um, but what we saw Saturday night you felt like okay is he starting to find his groove again winning the three-point shootout the way he did it too uh, needing just two more points and waiting until the final ball to get that. And then he tops it last night, taking home the all-star game MVP honors. Yeah, you love to see it. I see some comments already trickling, and we are live on YouTube as we record this one, uh, making jokes like, well, he can't do it in a real game. He's he's not going to do it, you know, when the season rolls back around. But looking at this weekend, I saw the number and I was just like, wow. So if you count what he shot in the three-point contest on Saturday, plus the All-Star game, Damian Lillard made 57 three-pointers this weekend <laughs> over Saturday and over Sunday. And I've been somebody pointing to the fact that, hey, 
Dame's production is something that is going to be very important for this Bucks team. And we've heard from Portland fans warning us, just saying like, hey, with Damian Lillard, he tends to start slow. And as the season goes on, he gets more and more comfortable. You see the potential just going up for him. So I did just take a look again, just to refresh my memory on where we've been so far this season and why seeing his performance this weekend is kind of like, well, hey, I hope that's a sign of good things to come from him. So if you look at Dame's numbers here in Milwaukee, October, November, he shot 32.9% from three on 8.6 attempts. Month of December, Bucks were hot in December, and Damian Lillard was as well. He shot 43.1% from three on 8.9 attempts. Come January, when the calendar turned to 2024, things got a little bit chilly. January, he was shooting 27.8% from three on 8.4 attempts. And in February, 32.6% uh, on 7.7 attempts. So to see him at the three-point at the three point shootout win that, I did laugh when he mentioned, like, I didn't practice before. The, like, I just showed up. I told Bees he was doing too much. He went all the practicing, <laughs> just show up and shoot. Uh, and that's what he did on Saturday night. It came down to a little bit of Dame Time magic in the finals when he was on that last rack. Just needed one shot to go, missed the first four and nailed that last one. So love seeing him win that in a very Dame-like fashion with a little drama uh, attached there. And then Sunday night, I mean, to see this man take a half-court three-point shot that wasn't a heave, like it was in rhythm. He walks up, pulls cash. Like I was going crazy from that shot. Then to see him do it again <laughs> later on in the same half, it's just like this man can really, really shoot. And Dame's never been somebody who's had like a super, super, super high uh, percentage from three. Like I believe on his career, he's around like a 35% three-point shooter. Uh, no, I'm sorry, career 38 percent three-point shooter so like he's he's good at it for sure it's just that he has such the volume and the way he creates them and the type of threes that he takes is the dame like dazzling aspect of it so i hope that what we saw on sunday with him being able to just go ballistic from the three-point line again it's an exhibition game it's casual he knows he's going to get shot opportunities so and there's not gonna be a lot of defense so you just throw him up um, so I hope that is a good sign of things to come because if we can get Dame back from being in this lower 30s uh, for three-point percentage and get him upper 30s, like that's a win here for the Bucks and for Dame in the way he plays. Yeah, you, you gave the month-by-month no month, uh, breakdown from Dame. And, you know, look, I, I do think we have to preface too by um, pointing out in January, especially there was a lot going on off the court for Damian Lillard. That's when we saw him uh, have to take some time away as well to deal with some personal things. And that's just it's it's gonna hang over him for this season, right? Yeah. That's not anything that's that's magically magically going to be cleared up with the all-star break, but that last word of break and just to get some time away from that grind. I know he spent the weekend in Indianapolis, but still he's with his family and gets to do some more of that. Uh, that's the biggest thing that you would point to is you know, look, everybody goes through that where I just need I just need a day off and I, I need this. And you think about how amplified it is for players at that that level of Damian Lillard and everything that he's dealing with off the court, learning new teammates, the pressures of this team dealing with a new coach, then dealing with another new coach. That it's been a lot. So I, I do think it is fair to criticize what we had. I know it's fair to criticize what we had seen from the team in the previous two outings. There is a component to that too of you know Doc made the the quick joke and the quip after the game too of half of our guys were here half of them were already in Cancun, and and that is an issue with that final spot before the All Star game for all teams, but I, I think the Bucks were in the spot where look, 
I understand this is an issue, but given who Memphis had on the floor, the issue should have been, man, how did the Bucs only win that game by five? Or how did the Bucs win by a single possession? Between that, the loss to the Heat, and the fact that you just you haven't afforded yourself that margin for error, I think is what really compounded everything. So now you put that behind you. You look at the performance that Damian Lillard had that weekend. And, you know, the other interesting thing we didn't spend any time on yet, I'm assuming you saw it, Camille, but after the game, when uh, Dame was up with the the guys, with Shaq and, and Ernie and the rest of the group, and Shaq had that message for Damian Lillard for the rest of the way. That also seemed to, uh, I mean, the, the very, very high-level view of, hey, it seemed to click with him. But it did when Shaq told him, look, here's my advice to you. This is on you and Giannis. So other guys, they either got to catch up or they got to move out of the way. Because if this doesn't work, it's you, it's Giannis, and it's Doc Rivers. Those are the three guys that are going to take the criticism. So my advice to you is you got to take ownership of this. And Damian Lillard seemed to acknowledge that. He seemed to acknowledge it and some would agree. Like, I feel you on that. And that's the reality of it when you're a star player. Like, you're going to get the praise and you're going to get the criticism. And Shaq was right. Those are the three names when you're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks who are going to get the criticism if things do not work out. It's going to be Doc, the guy who came in halfway through the season, replacing a coach, a first-time head coach who was 30 and 13 uh, during his first stint. Now, of course, we've had many conversations around that record and around why Griff was let go. But the, the when you look at it, it's, hey, you're the guy coming in replacing a guy who had this team second in the East. So whatever happens from here on is going to be on your shoulders. It's going to be on Giannis, the guy who reports were saying like part of why Griff was hired is because Giannis liked him a light. That's who Giannis wanted, according to reports. Now, Giannis did push back against that somewhat saying, like, I don't have that uh, authority, but we know star player, your opinion holds a lot of weight with what the franchise is going to do. It's going to be on Giannis. He's also the face of the franchise. So, yes, it's going to be on Dane, a guy who came in being traded for Drew Holiday, a guy who was loved in Milwaukee. Drew Holiday, a guy who did not want to leave Milwaukee, who wanted to finish his career out in Milwaukee, who had endeared himself uh, to fans on and off the court with the way that he plays and what he does in the community. Here comes Dame. And then you have a Dame Lillard who comes in and he's not producing at a level that most Bucks fans have been used to seeing Damian Lillard perform at, especially when it's not someone who you watch night in and night out before you, you know, I mean, unless Bucks fans were also watching every Portland game, but it's like, Hey, you see from a distance, I see what Dame is doing. I'm seeing the Dame time wrist taps. I'm seeing that he had a career year last year. He got shut down early. You're like, man, I wish I could have seen what the rest of the season looked like, but you see him this year, and it's like, why does this seem like it's such a struggle? And that's going to be the reality of it, regardless of all of the other background noise going on around, regardless of all of the other reasons. Like, you're going to look at those three guys and say, like, it's on you to figure this out. Uh, some more numbers to share about Damian Lillard in almost the two halves of this two quarters, two thirds of a season. Um, that we've seen so far that we will get into coming up after the break. We should also mention, um, Camille, we're not going to spend too much time on all the Dame numbers. We'll, we'll give you some high-level stuff because um, we're going to do a number of shows this week, still everyday shows that we'll have here. But some of those shows with no games or news updates, we hope to uh, react to. We're going to spend it looking at the Damian Lillard versus Drew Holiday trade, some of the numbers that stand out. Revisit it. You know, we've, we've seen some other shows mention if you knew everything that you know now, would you would you make that deal again? So we'll get into that conversation 
changes that we've seen since the arrival of Doc Rivers, what's believable, what's real, what's not. Giannis's MVP case. So we're going to do some standalone shows on uh, all of that. But some other numbers that I do want to share on uh, Damian Lillard season to date. Um, so far, we'll get into that. And also the discussion about the All-Star game itself. Not to uh, become a broken record here, but I think the way that a lot of fans viewing the game felt, it started to creep through uh, Saturday night in the slam dunk contest. And then again, <laughs> with the all-star game itself last night. So we'll get into all of that coming up after the break. I'm locked on. This episode of Lockdown Bucks brought to you by Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. So save time with one click. Go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. 93% of professionals using Grammarly Premium report it helps them get more work done. Grammarly is the gold standard of responsible AI with 14 years of experience and just about every IT certification under the sun. Grammarly is a secure AI writing platform partner that helps you make your team their point, helps you make your point, and your team move faster. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said than done. Remind you as well that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app, Locked On Sports Today. It is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts you've come to expect from Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Find Locked On Sports today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Uh, really quickly here, just to, to round out that point, Camille, Damian Lillard in those first 30 games of the season leading up to December 31st or through December 31st, the Bucks went 24 and 6, and he averaged 26 points per game. Shot uh, 37% on threes, 44% from the field, 92% of the free throw line. That number, that last one has remained constant. 26 is important for the average um, because I think it's what, 21 and three, the, or 21 and two, I believe, is the Bucks record in games where Dame scores 26 or more. And the record reflected that with that 24 and six mark. Granted, didn't play the most difficult schedule. So that was a part of it as well. But when you shifted to, you gave those those the two looks at January and how rough that started out. December, or excuse me, February's had some ups and downs. He's played um, 21 games there. Bucks are basically 500 at 11 and 10. He's averaging 23 points per game. 
his shooting efficiency has dropped. It's three percentage worse from the field at 40%, down to 29% on threes. Free throw is still 93%, so he's having a career year in his free throw efficiency. But the three-point numbers have basically stayed even. He's taken close to one fewer three per game from the first part of the schedule to now. So he's getting that same volume of his uh, field goal attempts. It, it, it isn't a case of, well, he's just kind of adjusted and, and Giannis has taken over more as we've seen him become more efficient. It's just been a shooting slump. So I, I do think looking at the time, and this is something that we can save too for that Damian Lillard, uh, Drew Holiday show, a deeper dive on some of the numbers and how he performs after some time off. But that was certainly the hope coming into the break. And then again, what you saw All-Star Weekend with his shooting is what made you think, okay, maybe this, hopefully this, is that nudge Dame needs to really get going between that and, again, as much as we may be clinging to things, between his performance those two nights and that pep talk from Shaq, those are the things you would kind of look at of those things, some time off, more time to work with this system, and I'm sure Doc Rivers and, and Rex Kalamian and company will have gone through that as well. I believe you're only going to get about two days to go through that leading into your game when players report your first game on Friday. But all of those things are, are what we're clinging to and hoping to at this point for the turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. I was texting my my Tech File uh, co-host during the All-Star festivities last night, and we laughed because Eric said, uh, do you see Doc out here with uh, Dame and Giannis on the court at the same time? He's like, I don't care if it's All-Star. Y'all going to get these reps in together. Um, and we definitely laughed about that. But you, you do see it, and Dame mentioned that with this weekend. Like, we all know it's an exhibition. I know me and you are going to talk a little bit more just around the All-Star game itself and if it's competitive and how they can make changes if they need changes, so on and so forth. But I love when Dame mentioned in his media availability after, but just saying, like, it's a positive weekend for us because we had a lot of interactions talking about him and Giannis. Like, they were able to have conversations about where the team has been and what they want to do and how they want to help each other. And they were able to get away. And as he mentioned, like, when you are on the road and you only, like, you're with one teammate, you're going to naturally gravitate toward your one teammate because that's who you know. So we had our coaching staff around us. We were able to have conversations. So he was saying, like, it's nice to have a chance to break away from the season and have this break and also break away from the team and have man-to-man conversations and bond between the two of us. And we've had the conversations about the two of them trying to get their synergy um, a little bit better with one another. So that's another positive, I think, to take away from the weekend. Like, you can look at the game itself. I saw a comment come through here live asking, like, hey, if if Dame was able to knock down all – if it was so easy to shoot all these threes in an all-star game, why didn't others – do it as well but this is the all-star game where the most threes were made ever in an all-star game that like across both teams 67 three-pointers were made in this game like everyone's putting them up and trying to knock them down and they knocked down a lot of them but with Dame like yes I definitely do hope this helps boost him and then we didn't mention mention much about Bees uh, Malik Beasley but I'm also helping that him coming back from break uh, can help him as well. Because when I was thinking about what Dame was saying about Beasley spending so much time practicing and kind of trying to get the reps in, he's like, you're doing too much, man. Like Malik Beasley has been having a career year from three here in Milwaukee. Like he's shooting 44% from three on the season, 6.5 attempts. And I was just curious, his shooting splits, because in my mind, I was like, I feel like Bees hasn't been shooting as well as what we saw 
earlier in the season. And I looked up when he launched like the let me in the three point contest yeah. uh, campaign with the gear and everything. And that was January 19th. So from the start of the season up until January 18th, Malik Beasley was shooting a ridiculous 47.5% from three. From January 19th until the All-Star break, he was shooting 37.6% from three on 7.3 attempts. So another additional attempt pretty much, about 10% uh, less from three after that campaign started. So I do wonder, too, with the, now that it's all done, three-point contest shootings behind you, are not thinking about it. Bees also mentioned him thinking about trying to break that Bucks record of most five uh, threes made in the game, knowing he had it in the game. I was thinking too much about it. I didn't get it done in the next game. He just played free and it happened. I might wonder if there's something to that for both of these guys. Like now that all the festivities are behind them, uh, you can just focus on the last 26 games in this playoff push. Just hoop. Like, I know there's been the changes with the coaching and you're adjusting. There's a lot of adjustments happening, but I think having this piece done with the team as well can help to be able to just focus on what's coming up going forward. And this is also one point with bees. Like, he was shooting 47% from yeah. three. That's a crazy clip. Um, and three-point shooting has gone up. There's like 46 players in the league right now shooting at least 40% from three. So if we can get keep bees around that 40% mark too, like it's going to be good things for the Bucks. I'm hoping that with the festivities behind them, uh, you know, they can they can play a little bit looser, a little bit more free and, and get into that playoff push. Well, and I, I mentioned we're going to do a Dame-centric show, and I know we've spent a lot of this show uh, talking about Damian Lillard, but I, I'll, I'd just be remiss if if I didn't ask. I think I know where you will check in or the range, but we've seen a lot of uh, comments too popping up of I'm not concerned about Damian Lillard. And that's where I reside too, is I'm not worried until I don't see it consistently yeah. in the postseason. He is very streaky. Another commenter uh, pointed out following him in Portland, it's a streaky shooter that you need to feed him for games. And that's the balance that the Bucks are in where – you know, I, I've talked about this before and in games where he knocks down his first couple of shots or he's shooting well to start things, you do need to feed him. And that's the challenge that you're going to have to walk around, especially as this team, team gets healthy, is figuring out how do these two mesh? How, how does Giannis continue to get his while also enhancing Damian Lillard? And that's a big task for the uh, the second half of the season. The other thing is you mentioned Malik Beasley and his shooting too. I mean, that is worth pointing out. As much as we've spent time earlier in the season, it, it seems like we've spent less of it as the defense has gotten much better. Right. But earlier in the season, the amount of time we spent talking about some of the defensive struggles for uh, for Malik Beasley, 44% from, uh, from three season to date in 50-plus games. And, and you think back to some of the really remarkable numbers we've seen in recent years, the two-year stretch from Grayson Allen where he was a 41 and 40% shooter in 66 games his first year. And that was um, the, the year after the championship season and then 72 games the next season. So far, Malik Beasley is shooting at a higher clip than those numbers for Grayson Allen. So I understand there's some streakiness to Malik Beasley as well. And maybe he has more size, but there may be some areas where you trust Grayson Allen a little bit more but that's just to point out, look, this is what he's been doing offensively. And that's why even through it all, that was the most challenging part for is the best way to address this defense to remove Malik Beasley from the starting lineup. Well, that's what you're losing. 
if you pull him out. So I understand the challenge there. And again, when Damian Lillard gets going, it, it looks much differently. I think the only thing, long story short, I didn't get your number, um, but the the only area for concern may even be a bit strong. Um, just to, to be on guard for, for Damian Lillard in the postseason is this whole thing, it doesn't work if Damian Lillard isn't the guy you thought he was. If your defense is taking a step backward and your offense is, is essentially at the same spot that it was in the half court, it's not the recipe for success. It's not going to work. So that's what's riding on it, and I think that's what causes you to get worked up a little more and, and have that concern, quote-unquote, or, or at least just be on guard for, I understand he he gets going here, but we need to see it because this doesn't work without him. So all of that being said, scale of 1 to 10, your concern over Damian Lillard's shooting as we move into the second-half schedule. Assuming 10 is going to be like, oh, my God, no, what did over. we do? Yeah. Sound the alarms. I'm probably at like a four, uh, maybe three and three and a half, four, somewhere in that range where it's not like I'm keeping an eye on it for sure, because I understand at this point how important it's going to be uh, for him to come through. Like we need Dame's offense. That's why you make the trade. So like I'm keeping an eye on it, but I'm not super concerned about it at the moment. All right. We will finally get into the conversation But All-Star game itself, an All-Star weekend, there's been a lot said. Camille actually stuck through the entire game as well. So we will get her thoughts on the All-Star game itself coming up next on Locked on Bucks. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It offers class-exclusive Google built-in. It is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. And Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight in expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capacity with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing when adventure calls. The Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop nissan.usa.com. Just be honest too, Camille. I have no idea. I'm assuming those are top of the line. I have no idea if 284 horsepower or... Six thousand pounds of towing is good. I'm more of a city person than an adventure person uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. Speaking of adventure, you sat through all of the All Star game, so we will get to All Star Saturday night. Um, I told you before we started recording, I checked in and out for stretches, especially when you'd see, okay, here's where we're going to the bench. Dame's off the floor. Giannis is off. I'm gonna dip out and. I'll follow it on my phone or on courtside to see what the score is. And then I'd check back in when I'd see guys were brought in. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched an all-star game and its duration. It was probably that Michael Jordan one. Really? Um, when his final all-star game, that was probably the last one I watched. 
start to finish. Uh, It's look, we've seen a decrease in defense and to be fair, it's more an increase in offensive skill across the league, but there has been a step back in defense. It's just a tough watch for me and seeing 200 points scored in a game too. There's some optics that come out of it as well. When you, I saw a lot of people pointed to Adam Silver didn't seem too pleased when he referenced a record for points scored, wanting this to be a competitive game. And the league was certainly talking that up coming into this game too, is, you know, look, we told you things were going to be different in the regular season with the in-season tournament with the benchmarks that we have for awards and everything else. And we've seen stars playing. We've seen competitive games. The all-star game's going to look no different. It looked a lot different. It, hey, it, it looked like it looked the last few years. Like I know they went back to the four quarters, 12 minutes, East versus West, got rid and of East the East versus West ending. too, yeah. Yeah, I got rid of the Elam ending, which the Elam ending the first year was implemented. Super fun because the okay. game was actually yeah. close. So like that's what it always comes down to, but – Anthony Edwards said something that really, I think, painted the picture for me of how NBA players approach it. And he was like, I mean, it's an all-star game, and I don't think I'll ever look at it as being competitive. It's always fun, and I don't know what you can do to make it more competitive. Like, it's a break. I don't think anybody really wants to come here and compete. And I understand people are always saying, like, hey, in summer leagues and summer in Drew League, like when you're in the summer programs, you're playing so hard for the season. Why aren't you doing that in an all-star game? Like, you know how to play hard. And it's like, at this point, with how players are paid, and it's, it's not just an NBA-specific problem. We've seen the NFL Pro Bowl turn into now a flag football game. NHL has had problems with their uh, all-star game. MLB has had problems with theirs. And for the NBA, it's like, okay, Here's where we are now, where guys don't want to get hurt because getting hurt at the All-Star game is different than getting hurt in the summer. If you get hurt in the summer, at least you have some months until the playoff push starts. But if you get hurt at All-Star, you're coming back with a 30-year season left, and that can be a difficult hurdle to get over. So, like, I do understand why players are being so much more cautious, and I've gotten to a point where I don't even expect – to see super competitive games when I watch an all-star game and I've watched them all. Like I've been watching consistently um, over the last few years and checking them all out. I just want to see some like crazy highlights every so often, like the year when Giannis and and, uh, Steph had that crazy oop. Like those are the moments in an all-star game, understanding that these guys aren't playing that hard. Like I want that in the game for me, all-star Saturday night, has been the best part of the all-star weekend for years. I know we talked about it beforehand, but like that's where the the fun is at. And I think if you want to try to fix all-star weekend, it's going into Saturday night and just kind of tweaking around there. Like I don't think we'll ever see it, but I would love a one V one tournament to take place during all-star weekend. I know that used to happen back in the eighties. I talked to my uncles about that and they were like, that used to be real fun to see, you know, guys just one V one going at it. Uh, But That's something I love to see. I love the Steph versus Sabrina three-point shootout. Like, there's All-Star Saturday night has some gems. I know the dunk contest was underwhelming, to be nice uh, about it, but that's the the secular nature of the dunk contest, in my opinion. I feel like it's going to be bad three, four years, and you're going to get a really good one, and everybody's going to be like, oh, the dunk contest is back, and then it's going to be bad the next three years, and everybody's going to say, what's wrong with the dunk contest? Then you have a good one, and it kind of repeats in that cycle uh, for me. So. All-star game itself, I listen, 211 points scored. Like that's that's 
crazy. I just wanted to see some highlights. I got a few of those, some laughs. That's that's what I'm here for at this point. But I think if they really want to try to change things up, adding some things to All-Star Saturday night could be really, really fun. The uh, Steph versus Sabrina shootout that we saw, it sounds like that is not just a one-off, that that is going to be an annual thing. I would assume Caitlin Clark is going to be involved in those moving forward as well. Um, even some of the changes that they made to the skills competition, the it events, might be a little you, too long. yeah, right. Four events, maybe a little much, but that's the stuff too. That's interesting to say, okay, let's see these guys put these things to use. It, we've long moved past the point where the three point shootout should be the final event. And it, it's an annual discussion too. And that's been for a number of years. It's a three point shooting league. That brought the most excitement, especially the way that Damian Lillard won that event on his final shot. So uh, that's what should be going to fourth. I, I just I don't know that we need the slam dunk contest anymore. You're not going to get rid of it because of the history that it has. But it, unless you're going to bring in professional dunkers from outside of the NBA, we've seen everything at this point. And I don't know what it says either that a G League player has won the contest uh, two years in a row now. So that would be the, the biggest change you would look at is, all right, I'm sure there's going to be more incorporation with the WNBA. And also let's enhance the three-point uh, shootout. The game itself, you mentioned the the NHL and the changes that they've gone through, and they've gone through more than the NBA. But their current format where they basically do all-star teams by division and you go through a mini tournament, that might be where we're headed too, because I know everybody kicks around. You do North American versus the world. And on paper, sure. Uh, Anthony Edwards, the comment that he made about it, I believe it was Anthony Edwards. Which he's Mary. not entirely wrong. I think the way he framed it was the wrong way. And that, look, they have stars. They have superstars for the world, but it's filling out the rest of the roster. When you look up and down and you think, uh, okay, the, the North American squad, you would have, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Steph, Jalen Brooker, Jason Tatum, some of those names. Um, and you would have the roster, the the world version. Sure, you got Luka and, and Joel Embiid and Giannis and Nikola Jokic. And then you start to slowly move down the list there. So I, I think Anthony Edwards was on to something, may have conveyed it the wrong way. Um, but things like that really are, are the only way I, I think of making it salvageable, maybe strong, but at least turning it around of, well, what if we do all-star teams within the division and you choose out and, and you do a three-on-three -three or something like that where we make it a tournament-style um, play, but but who knows? Adam Silver's been open to a lot of change. This weekend, is it's now become more and more about just getting a break for all of these teams, and especially as they've enhanced a full week off for these teams. That's the big part, moving out of uh, All-Star Weekend. I'm still going to watch all of All-Star Saturday night every single year, as yeah. you and I were talking before the show. My two favorite nights of the year are always All-Star Saturday night and whatever night the Royal Rumble is on, that those are the two dates that I will circle on the calendar uh, WrestleMania too, but we always have games during both nights or at least one of the nights of WrestleMania. Um, but that night, look, there's some things to nitpick. It still works and they've enhanced it the last couple of years. The all-star game itself, you, you know what you're in for once we get to that. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a show every single day this week, even though there are no bucks games, we're going to get into that Damian Lillard discussion and take a look at drew holiday as well. We did that briefly when the bucks played the uh, Celtics, 
take a look at Giannis and his MVP candidacy and who the most likely candidates are. Is it really seems like at this point, it may be a two-person race now with Joel Embiid's injury. And we'll get into it a lot more, but I think that loss to the Grizzlies really hurt Giannis and his chances for a number of reasons, not just the optics. So we'll get into that, uh, what to take, what to dismiss from the Doc Rivers. And I do have it softly confirmed. We will have a special guest making an appearance this week. So we're just finalizing those details. But he had a very, very busy weekend at uh, All-Star. And I know he ran into Giannis and caught up with him as well. Um, so we can get his reports on all that. So still a lot more coming up this week on uh, Locked on Bucks. For Camille, I am Justin. We'll talk to you once again tomorrow with Locked on Bucks.